I know the children are here, so I'm not going to try to, I'm going to try to be super brief because I want you to get this and I don't want kids to get bored on me. How many adults don't want to get bored either? <laughs> you know, I, when I was in children's church, one of the things I really learned, uh, I liked, I, I never, it stayed with me forever from the time I was small, it was that, uh, that song, the wise man built his house upon the the wise man built his house upon the, the wise man built his house upon the, and the rain came, the rain came down in the, okay, some of you don't know the song, okay, <laughs> you need to go to children's church, but, uh, but it's a story, you know, Jesus tells a story about life, and he says the wise man built his house on a rock, and the storms came and couldn't knock it down. But the foolish man, he built his house on the sand. And when the storm came, the whole place was destroyed and it was a terrible loss. Everything he built, he lost. Because he had an incorrect foundation. So here's the message in that children's church song that's this. A storm is coming. It might be when you're 20, 30, 40, 50. I don't know when it's coming. But for your house, if a storm hasn't come yet, she's coming. Everybody knows we never, no one left when Katrina came, right? Because everybody thought, man, there ain't going to be nothing. Uh, they found out a storm was coming that's going to test everything. And everybody's life, whether it's in their marriage, their finances, their ministry, whatever it is, life is great, awesome, everything's going great. Then something unexpected happens, and it tests your foundation. And we're going to find everything looks good until your foundation is tested. And when the foundation is tested, when the storm comes, we're going to find out what's real and what's not real. And I talked about a family being built on love, and it's very true. That love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. And a storm will find out about that. A storm in your marriage, a storm with your children, you're going to find out it's more than a feeling. Hey, that's a song too. More than a feeling. Okay, whatever. But it is more than a feeling, it's a decision. God made a choice to go to the cross. We make a choice to live for God. We make a choice to do the right thing. Feel it or not, love is a great decision that we make. And you can build on that. That's, that is a great foundation of God's love. But what we build on that, I'm going to talk to you about the foundation of honor today. And that's why the children are here with us. We're going to have communion in a little while. The wise men built on this foundation if you do not build on a firm foundation, your building will not stand. Proverbs 9.10 says this. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Read up to the word beginning with me. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. Now, I want you to understand that there are certain things. You've got to start right if you're going to finish right. You build the wrong foundation. I don't care what you build on it. You're wasting your time. I saw on Facebook, it said, uh, a lady said, uh, somebody here I think said, I, I tried dusting, then the dust came back. I won't be fooled next time. <laughs> I think someone here wrote that. But you get, when you get your foundation right, at the beginning, you got to understand at the beginning, you got to do things that you got to do in the beginning. Uh, building the foundation is a miserable, tedious, it's not, you know, fun 
it is, it, unless you're excited about what's going to happen in the end. But at the, when you're in the, it's just measuring. It's make sure you get this right because if you don't get this right, everything's messed up. You'll never get anything else right. And that's why some people, when they compromise what God tells them to do and they kind of fudge on the foundation, their life is never right. And they've got to just start all over and get the foundation right. Now, we build what this word fear the Lord means it means respect for God's authority. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's not like, oh, I'm scared of God. It means, hey, don't mess with God. He's in charge. That's the beginning. You haven't started to live your life until you recognize who God is. Not just that he's awesome and he's wonderful and he's loving, but that his authority is what I'm under. The Bible says if you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, you'll be saved. How many know that's the beginning? That's the beginning. It begins. We all, how many know Jesus is Lord whether you admit it or not? Help me out there. Isn't it true? You don't make Jesus the Lord. He was already Lord. You just admit it. And when you admit it, you line yourself up with his authority and his order, and then blessing comes to your life, and you're saved. It's that simple. The beginning is fearing God, respecting his authority. And you're saying, well, that's the beginning. Of course, it's the beginning. When you went to elementary school, first thing you learned is, is the teacher in charge or are you in charge? When you were first born, I'm surprised at children, right? Children, they'll be like three years old, like, you ain't telling me what to do. Like, hey, you're three and you're this tall. <laughs> but you still bowed up. And look, and there's some moms that were like, oh. They, get, they, don't get, they don't get the fear of God. They get the fear of kids. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to make them mad. I don't want to do just give them the candy. Just give them candy for supper. Who cares? And parents get, sometimes you get, they get the fear of their children because they think that they love them so much they want their kids to suffer or be angry. Listen, you got to make up your mind. The fear of the Lord's the beginning. Your children have to learn who's in charge. I just don't believe you're supposed to spank kids. God said you're supposed to. Yes, but psychologists, forget psychologists. Go meet their kids. <laughs> The minute they have a good marriage and good kids, they will start listening to them. As long as their whole life is screwed up, I'm not listening to what they say. I'm going to stick with God on the subject. That little behind was made for whooping. A little round spot, that's a whooping spot. It's not just cute. It is cute, but it was born for something. <laughs> it was born to be red at times. And it's really, and look, you know, no one should hurt or in anger hit a kid. But I don't care what they say. You're teaching a kid to respect. If you teach a children, your children to respect, you'll teach them to be a success in life. If you don't get this, you don't get anything else. It's the beginning. Of, of When you go to school, if you don't respect your teacher and listen to your teacher, you're going to make an F. If you go out for the football team, you don't listen to the coach, you're going to find out. First thing you're going to learn is who's the boss of that team. If you don't respect the coach, you're going to sit on the bench like some of you did, including me. And when you go to your first job, we're going to find out if you understand this basic thing. Do you understand who's the boss? If you understand who's the boss, you'll get promoted. If you think you're the boss, you'll get fired. I don't care if you're the most talented guy. Who was that receiver that was going to get ready to go to Oakland and then went to Patriots and now is, you know, on the soup line? Antonio what? Antonio Brown, most talented guy in the NFL. He's missing one thing. He doesn't have the fear of God. He thinks he's all that. But look. What, like they say, I fought the law and the law won? And that's the way it is. He's missing one little thing. You ain't all that bad. And look, we got the Bill Belichick up there, and he was like, ah, uh ah. -uh. Bill Belichick said, I don't want you 
texting or communicating with those people. And he was like, I ain't doing it. Belichick said, you gone. Now I think he's working at a shoe barn or something. <laughs> I'm teasing. He's not. But, but the point is, you can have all the talent in the world if you don't get what's, what's true first, and that is recognizing God's authority wherever you are, then you're not going to have a happy life. You don't have to agree with everything that authorities do or what, everything authorities say. Think we, have a, we have a representative republic, and it doesn't mean a rebellious republic. We have a, a say-so in, in, in our government. But we need to have the spirit, the heart, to be a submissive. Submissive to God and submissive to the people that he puts in our life. And it, it's, it's a message that you have to just embrace it and not resent it. Because for your children, it's everything. It's their success. I know we got some soldiers here. Tracy, you're a soldier, right? Wave at me. When you went to boot camp, what did they teach you? To listen. They taught you who the boss was, right? Because when you were a young man, you thought you were the boss. But when you got there, what happened? You don't know, right. They tell you, you don't even know how to tie your shoes. You're like, yes, sir, yes, sir. You're like, why, why are they breaking these people down? Because they know you can't succeed in any kind of battle when people don't know who's the authority. And, of course, the whole kingdom of darkness is all about rebellion, you know, Satan's rebellion and bowing up and telling people, you know, I'm the man. But what, what happens is it brings in all kinds of darkness. So when we honor so you don't have control over the whole world, but you should have some control over your own house. I can't control Walmart, but I can tell you those people in Walmart know who the authority is because they're acting right. They're, they're stocking their things. They're, <laughs> they're doing what? They're wearing those vests. You know what I mean? I wouldn't wear one, but they're wearing one. Why? Because they, look, you, you wouldn't enjoy going to that store if they didn't have an authority there that they all respected. And so it's the beginning. The Bible says if you want to succeed in life, if you want to be wise in life, you begin with saying, who's the boss? It's not me. Who is it? And so children have to understand this is the word honor. Honor. The word honor means, literally it means to um, ascribe value, to give value, to honor someone, to give them value. The word honor means that. But, it, it, but literally it means to give someone the honor that God has given them. You don't have to have a perfect father to honor your father. You don't have to have a perfect mother. Just because they have a flaw doesn't mean that you can be dishonorable and disrespectful. Because you're going to be able to find fault with every authority. Everyone that you're supposed to honor, you're going to be able to find some fault. If you think finding fault means that they don't have authority, you messed up. Because the only Jesus is the only one without faults. So in your house, when we want to build a house, we have to establish honor. Everybody say honor. Now, I'm going to read you the scripture from Ephesians 5.21. And it's almost always left out. It always skips to the next verse, which is, wives, submit yourself to your husbands. But I want to start with verse 21, which for some reason it's never in the reading. But it's, I think, the most important Scripture, when it talks about setting order in the home, it starts with this, 20, verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Say that with me. Submitting to, in the fear. See, what does it mean? It means submitting to one another out of respect for God. So even though you might be the boss, doesn't mean you're always right. Come on, somebody. 
Just because you're in charge doesn't mean you're always right. So it means that first to to have an atmosphere of honor, there must be honor for God that says, you know, I could be wrong. There must be humility that says, you know what, I'm in charge, but I could be wrong. So i got to understand, my five-year-old might tell me a better way of doing something. My 14-year-old might know better than me. So even though I'm in charge doesn't mean I'm always right. Are you with me? It means that there's an atmosphere in a marriage. I'm, I'm, I guess you'd call me in charge of my marriage. I don't feel in charge. <laughs> because I'm always, uh, you look, I always want to make her happy. But that's the way God intended it. And I, 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 my life was blessed the minute I started listening to my wife. Come on, somebody. And all the ladies said amen. Am I right? When, now, I still, today, let me just tell you what happened today. Now, I'm older than 50. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But I'm older than 50. I'm getting dressed for church. Now, how many times have I done that? About 1,000, 10,000 times maybe. I'm putting on a pair of pants I look pretty good in, I think. I have them in my hand, and I'm putting them on. Don't picture it. You don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting her pants on, right? And, and she asked me a question that I can't believe she even really means. She says, are you going to wear that? What do you mean? I, what do you mean am I going to wear this? No, I was just putting it on my leg just to keep me warm. Am I going to wear it? She said, those are terrible. Take those off. I was like, hey, I'm 61 years old. I can put my pants on. And she said, no, you come right over here. I'm going to pick out something. You need to look nice at church. I'm like, hey, I'm a grown man. (laughs) I said, I'm going to have to stop right there. I'm picking out my own pants. I've done this. Give me my pants. (laughs) I picked these out. (laughs) But I have learned that a lot of times when I resist my wife, I'm making a huge mistake. Because even though I might be, you know, technically in charge, it doesn't mean I'm the boss. It means that God gave me her so I'd have somebody to listen to. Come on, somebody. So I have somebody that could give me a counsel, give me an objective point of view, like, hey, those do not look good. Look, they do not look good. (laughs) Now, women can say that to men. Men cannot say that to women. Men are required to lie. When your wife says, does this make me look fat, you must always say, no, no, no. You look young with that yellow dress on. (laughs) <laughs> you can't say it. Look, there's only one time men are allowed to lie. <laughs> Don't tell a wife. Look, as far as I'm concerned, my wife always looks beautiful at all time, any time of day or night. How do I look? Great. And she actually does, by the way. You ought to give her a hand. Get me out of trouble. But it's interesting that before... Ephesians 6, before they start talking about warring against principalities and powers, the first thing they do is set this in order. Set your house in order. Make sure that your home is in order. Before, If you're going to fight the devil, you're going to need some authority. If you're going to have some authority, there's going to have to be some order in your life and in your home. Now listen to what I'm saying because I want to help you because the enemy is coming against your home and you're going to need some authority. But if you say God's rules don't count, your family's got no chance. You have to, listen, write this down. It's going to help you. God will not bless what's not in order. You put it in order and God will put it in blessing. But you can't just do it any old way you want. Ask God to bless it because you you gave an offering this Sunday. You have to say, God's going to bless my house because I'm setting it in order. Setting, listen, write this down. This is going to help you. All order is based on honor. 
All order is based on honor. Where there's no honor, there's no order. Where there's no order, there's no blessing. If you want blessing, you have to respect what God says and respect God's way of doing things. Smarty pants people, they think they're so cool they don't have to until they blow up their generations and their family. And then, you know, hopefully one of those kids will rise up and fear the Lord. You don't have to experiment with it. You can say, you know what? I'm going to be humble enough to say it's going to be God's way for me and my house. So the beginning of it, if you're going to do warfare, spiritual warfare, set your house in order. Your house is going to be a place where the glory of God is. Your house is going to be a place where the the favor of God is, where the joy of the Lord is. Your house is that way, not by accident, not because you go to church, because there's honor in your house. There's honor there. My children are not allowed to say, yeah, no, to my wife. They say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They're, some of them 30-something years old. They say, yes, ma'am. So Zion calls Leah. She says, yes, ma'am. Why? It's not because we're Southerners. It's because we're honorers. We believe in honor, that this is a, an honor code, that if that's your mom, you don't talk to her that way. Some of the worst things in my life that I can remember, my worst memories are when I raised my voice to my mom. I still, we, we disagreed politically about certain things. But I remember getting so disrespectful, I still feel shame when I think about it. Because, you know, when you step back, you think, what was I doing? How did God not strike me dead when I spoke to my mom that way? I still feel it. Because it's, in God's eyes, it's a big deal. Matter of fact, it's in the Ten Commandments. We'll get to it in a minute. Ten Commandments says, children, honor your father and your mother. It's the fifth commandment, by the way. And it's the first commandment that has a promise. It says that everything might go well with you. If you honor and submit and respect your parents, then God says your whole life's going to be blessed. But if you don't, you got serious problems coming because you don't know how to honor authority. And when you don't know how to honor authority, your life's a mess. Let me read this to you. Now, this is Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? But listen to this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So ought husbands to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his his body, of his flesh, and his bones. For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. They too shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and so let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. And everybody said, 
Amen. Now, it's easier said than done, but God's about to give you the key to stay in love in your marriage and to stay in peace in your home. It's all right there. It's all right there. It's all choices that we make, choices that we make. I'm going to give, let me give you these things because I, I want to finish a little early because of the kids. The four foundations of honor, number one, a family that honors God. As a family, we honor God. Number two, a wife that honors her husband. Three, a husband that honors his wife. And number four, a family that honors God. Excuse me, children who honor their parents, my bad. Children who honor their parents. All right, let's go, let's say those together. What are the four foundations, the four uh, foundations of honor? What are they? Let's go through them. Number one, a family, a wife that honors her husband, a husband that honors his wife, children who honor their parents. That's how God sets up a successful life. Now, I don't have a lot of time to go through these, but I'm just going to hit the high spots. How does a family honor the Lord? How does, how does a family honor God? Well, you know, you got to, things have to be practical. So one, one of the things, like my children, and I know it's true about Randy Parise's children, because they've come up here and, and, and said, they know, I put God first in our money. That's our family's money. I put God first. Blessing comes on my whole family because we put, our, we put God first, period. And some of you say, well, that's not a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. See, some people think prosperity is how much money you got. Prosperity is not how much money you got. It's the quality of your life. That's what prosperity is. The fact that I look across, I've been married 42 years. I looked, I was in my truck. I looked across. She was driving. I thought, I want to kiss her today, sometime. Now, you think that's silly. That's not silly. That's prosperity. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I've been married a long time. I'm still kissing. That's good. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a blessing. That didn't come from a marriage counseling seminar. That came because we put God first. And last night I was watching the ball game with my children and grandchildren. They're all talking about God. They're all worshiping God. They're all serving God. That's what it means to be prosperous right there. They had a fireplace and kids that love God. What? Grandkids? What? You don't get, you don't get richer than that. That doesn't come from money. That comes from favor and blessing on your life. That, see, when you put God first in your finances, generations are blessed because you really mean it. God is first. And my kids know God is first. They, wave at me, Matt. Is it true? My kids know God is first. God is first. We give an excellent offering, and we live in a great prosperity, and maybe we don't have a million dollars in the bank. But we do have blessing on our life. And I'm happy when I go to sleep, I'm happy when I wake up, and I'm happy with my wife. I love my children. I have a blessed life. Money can't make it any better than what it is right now. Because why? We put God first. And in our time, we put God first. You know, it was in the commandments. God said, honor the Lord's day. Keep the Sabbath. Why? In a practical way. We say, you know what? Come time to church, we're church. Now, there's an attack on Sundays, Right? Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I knew I couldn't sing it, so I laughed my way through it. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, which is okay. But he's, uh, Kanye is saying, you know what? It's one, it, you should honor God because there's an attack on Sunday. When I was growing up, nothing happened on Sunday. Now everything happens on Sunday. You got to work on Sunday. 
there's an attack of making money on Sunday. How come Chick-fil-A is making more money than everybody else, but they're closed on Sunday? And nobody wants to learn. Nobody's like, we can't do it. How come Burger King? You might actually go to Burger King if they're closed on Sunday. <laughs> right? Sometimes I've been to Chick-fil-A and said, oh, it's closed. It's Sunday. Ah! But you know what? I think, you know what? I respect that because they respect God. I respect them. And guess what? They're the richest people in the fast food business because they recognize that what God says is better than what you think. And they say, we're putting God first. I respect it because they respect God. And God blesses them because they honor him. He honors who honors him. Well, you know what? Well, sports, are, sports are not more important than Sunday. Well, you know, I've got a team and I'm doing Forget all that. Tell those people, back it down. We, my, me and my family, we're in church on Sunday. We ain't playing bitty boogable ball. Whatever they do. I can't keep up with the names of it, but we're not playing that on Sunday because this is God's day. And we're not working on Sunday either. I can't believe it. I'll get fired. Then you'll get fired for God and you'll get blessed. How can you say that? Because God says, I'm going to honor who honors me. Have some courage. Tell the man, I'm not working on Sunday. This is God's day. This is the Lord's day. I'm not cheating God out of what belongs to him for you or for money. You say, well, that's because you're the preacher. It's not because I'm the preacher. Before I was a preacher, I was the head of my house, and I told my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and this is God's day. It's the Lord's day, and I'm going to put him first in my time, first in my week, first in my giving, so that my generations will be blessed. It's true. Honor God. You know, mealtime, some people got kids up in the in the room with a plate of, of chicken nuggets that they got out of the freezer? Come on, somebody. Help me. I need some women that know how to cook to shout a little bit. Look, food, food is family. And look, when you sit down and eat your food, you don't have to be the, a genius or a spiritual wizard. All you need to do is say, you know what, God, thank you for this food. Amen. Ignore, honor God every time you eat. Remind that family. That we're not sitting here. Our life is not about what we did for ourselves at work. Our life is about what we did for Jesus and what Jesus did for us. And what we have came from God. And we're thankful for what God's done for us. This is the season of Thanksgiving. Don't let it be the only week that you actually say the blessings. Well, at work, I don't say it. You ought to say it at work. Tell everybody, look, I like to say a blessing on my food. You know what? They're going to bow their head too. And they're going to respect you more for it. They're not going to despise you. Say, can I just take a second and say, Lord, bless this food and bless our work in Jesus' name. It don't take any time. It just takes honor. Be an honorable person. Honor God. Let your children know. I remember a little prayer. I, was, I used to go to the drive-thru and I always tell people, whoever they were, I would say, did anybody tell you today that God loves you? And I remember uh, I was at McDonald's driving through and, and I was just getting my food. I was busy that day. And Brace said, hey, Dad, you going to tell him? I was like, what? You know, the part about God, how God loves him. I was like, oh, yeah. It would embarrass me when your kids get on you, you know. But I remember, you know, I'm just because they're my kids doesn't mean they're wrong. I said, hey, did anybody tell you that God loves you today? Because you listen, to me, let me tell you something, parents. Your kids, you are their hero, and they want you to be a hero. They want you to keep the rules. 
They want you to play by the rules that you expect for them. They want you to do the right thing. Even if you have to spank their behind, they want you to do the right thing. They want you to help them do the right thing. They don't want you bending the rules and changing everything for them. They want you to man up and be something great. You are their hero. And if you don't have a family, you're going to have a family one day. Your kids want you to be more than, than, than you are. They see you as bigger than life. So be the hero for your kids and say, we're going to honor God. You're going to make mistakes and you don't have to be religious about it. But you got to be honest and sincere and give it a go and your kids will honor God because of it. They just want it to be real. And a wife that honors her husband, man, i got to finish right now, but I'll just skip that part. But listen, don't have fights in front of your kids. Wives, don't scream at your husbands. In front of your kids, if you got a disagreement, go to the other room. Have a disagreement in the other room. In front of the kids, you got to have a united front. Don't argue in front of your kids, period. You can't tell me, well, you need to fear the Lord in your life if you're arguing in front of your kids. If you're screaming and disrespecting your wife or your husband in front of your kids, you need to fear God because you're hurting your children and you're teaching them disrespect. You need to say, can we go in the other room? And in the other room, you know, my kids say, call it choo-choo teeth. <laughs> You can get mad in the other room and talk, talk through your teeth. But you know what? You can be upset. But when you come out, you need to be holding hands. And don't let one kid work the other kid against the other person. That, that's evil. It's manipulation, and it has to stop. If mama said no, it's no. Well, if mama said, mama said I couldn't do it. Well, you know. No. It's evil. You're teaching them there are no train tracks. There is no compass. You put him in the middle of the woods, and you don't teach him right from wrong. If mom said, no, you can't go, you can't go. If dad said, you can't go, you can't go. And your kids need you to hold the line. They need you. When you say no, it means no. Now, I don't mean you can't be sweet and kind, and you should. And you should make whatever allowances you can make for your children because you don't want to corner them and you don't want to, you know, hurt them. But, but they need you to be the adult. They don't need you to be seeking their approval. You need for them to be seeking your approval. Be somebody they're proud of. So when you say no, it's no. Now, I don't have any time left. But children that are here, we're going to have communion today. But I want everybody to write this down, including the children. Write this down. If you don't have a pen, just write it down in your heart. When you can't be perfect, be honest. Children rebel first because they're children. But children rebel in older in life because of hypocrisy. When they saw something that they knew was wrong and their parents never fixed it, they rebelled. So here's the deal. You don't have to have lived a perfect life. You don't have to be mistake-free. But here's something you do have to do. When you're wrong, you got to go to your kids and say, you know what? I was wrong. I can tell you many times. Not many times, but a couple of times I hit my kids on the behind, and I was angry. And I felt so convicted. Even though they did wrong, I had to go back to them and say, Daddy, sorry. Sometimes I, I lifted my voice. You know, I'm passionate and I'm loud sometimes. Sometimes I scare my little girls, you know, with how loud I am. And I, and I can see it's freaking them out, but I'm trying to make my point. But then afterwards, I have to go back and say, Daddy, sorry. I was wrong. And what I said was true, but I should have never lifted my voice at you. I should have never one time lifted my voice at you or screamed at you. And I'm sorry. I should have never said that. 
And there were parents that called their kids names, you know, re relate them to, you know, you're just like your uncle the drunk or whatever, you know. You need to, you're going to make dumb mistakes. Kids expect it. But they also respect for you to say you're sorry when you're wrong. And, and it, 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 look, they're more than happy to forgive you when you say, no, mama was wrong. Daddy was wrong. And I want you to forgive me. I always tell them, I say, look, I need you to forgive me. Oh, I forgive you, Dad. So we're okay. We're good. See, if you allow anger to dwell in your children, they will rebel against what you love. If you allow anger to remain and let them go to their room angry and you let them get on their little phone or whatever they do, you're making a terrible mistake. If they're angry, you got to go in there and follow them and say, what? And you, gotta, you, you might disagree, but you got to get that anger out of there. You don't want guilt and fear and anger in your kids. You don't want them isolated. And so you, as a parent, you're like on the lookout that our house is a guilt-free zone. Our house is an anger-free zone. Our house is a judgment-free. When you come to our house, it's hugs and love and forgiveness. But we are not going to compromise what's right and true. You're not going to be cussing in my house. There ain't going to be no F-bombs in my house. They already know, don't even think about that. That would be a, a deadly mistake because this is a house that honors God. I'm not saying people don't make mistakes, but this, look, who's gonna, who holds the gate to this family? That's you, and God's counting on you. Mom and dad, you, even now, maybe your kids are grown. Maybe your kids are grown. You know what? You can still go get the thorn out and say, you know what? I just wanted to tell you, I know you're grown now, but remember when dad drug you around the room, slapped you around the head? I was wrong. <laughs> and your kid would probably say, I deserved it. But, but you know what? Deep inside of them, they're going to think in their heart, they think, you know what? I respect him. Not because he's perfect, but because when he's wrong, he'll admit he's wrong. And that gives them great honor and freedom. They don't expect perfect parents. They just expect honest parents. Parents who love them and really live what they say they believe. How many believe this is an important thing, right? Now, remember I said it earlier. I said, God won't bless what's not in order. It was the cross that set everything in order, wasn't it? Wasn't it? He, we owed a debt we couldn't pay, right? He paid a debt he didn't owe. He set things right at the cross. There's a moment that we set things right and say, you know what? We've been blowing it. If you're a teenager or a child and you've been disrespectful, I'm going to give you a chance before you leave church to get right with God and right with your parents. And if you're parents that have been fighting and being a bad example, we're going to pray that God sets everything right. All the mistakes that you may have made, we're going to believe that the blood of Jesus Humility and truth is going to begin to set things in order. So why don't you stand up with me before we go today? And I want, if, you're, if you've got your children here, I want the children to go be close to your parents. Go stand close to your parents. If you're a child or a teenager, I want you to go stand with your parents because we're going to have communion as a family. I'm going to want you to have communion as a family. It's not going to be super awkward. But I want you to clear the slate today. Okay? The ushers are coming down, and we're going to start over here, and you're going to go out to your left. Everybody's going to go out to their left, and you're going to pass in front and hold on to the elements for the end of the service, okay? Let's just move out right now. There you go.
Thank you. Look what I just did. Sorry, man. Diane, could you and the kids come up here? Set it in order and God will bless it. That's what the cross was. Set it in order and God will bless it. Set your children, your family, your marriage, your house in order and God will bless it. God won't bless what's not in order. All you have to do is say, we're going to, as for me and my house, starting right now, we're going to serve God. We're going to put God first. We're going to take communion together because everybody needs forgiveness. Mom needs forgiveness. Dad needs forgiveness. All the kids need forgiveness. We all need a new start. We all need a new start. We all need the ability to fix it, even when we can't fix it. Just hold on to it, and we're going to have it together and have a great family season. We dare to put God first. We dare to put God first. Even though we are not perfect and we make mistakes. In our house, we put God first. In our house, with our children, we put God first. He is first. love you guys so much and I want you to I'm good thank you man and if you you guys that are ushers you can go ahead and be with your family make sure everybody got something all right everybody hold the bread in your hand this really is a is a um, picture it means something it's a place to release your faith that this is the bread that came down from heaven this is the word of God and today you know however I did it I tried to share God's simple heart like you should be honorable your parents deserve your honor they don't have to be perfect you should obey them and if you let bad things get in your heart you just got to say please forgive me and say that's the end of it that's the word that I'm giving you I'm giving you something simple which is when you're rebellious you gotta ask for forgiveness that's a word and, and when you do wrong children, when you do the wrong thing and you say, talk back to your parents or you rebel or you don't listen to them, you're not only in trouble with your parents, but you're in trouble with God because that was God's authority that you had to respect, you disrespected. So I've also given you a word that says, if you repent and just say I was wrong, then God will forgive you for disobeying your parents. 
and you can have a clean relationship with your parents and with God because of what Jesus did. Jesus shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. It's that simple. And it works in the family. So before we take this, matter of fact, let's go ahead and take it. Father, bless this bread for us. We receive that word that the fear of the Lord is the beginning, that honor for your authority in our lives, honor for who you are and the ones that you put in our lives, that, that showing honor, Lord, is how we begin to be wise and be blessed in this life. Lord, we receive that word that even though at times we've turned to the left or to the right, Lord, we receive that word that you love us and that we need to come back to honor in our homes. Bless this for us. Let this bread change the way we think. Let it change the way we feel. Let it change the way we see things, Lord. From this moment on, we receive. Say it out loud with me. Say, Jesus, let your word change the way we see things. Change the way we act. Change the way we speak. I receive your word in me. It is Jesus in me, living in my mind living in my spirit, living through my life. His word is living in me as I receive it. Bless it now in Jesus' name. Come on. Now, if you've got your kids with you right there, I want to take, now that you received that word, I know we can't have a big discussion this morning, but I just want you to just practice something. Parents, I want you to look at your kids and say, for the times that we've made mistakes, we're sorry. Please forgive us. Now, children, I want you to practice this with me. Say, Mom and Dad, for the times we've been disrespectful, and we've disappointed you, and we've hurt your feelings, and we've been rebellious, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, Dad and Mom, look at your children in the eye and say, we forgive you. Now, kids, look at your parents and say, I forgive you. All right, now give everybody a big hug right now, because this is how the family of God works. Now, let's take the cup before we go today. We're setting things in order, and the blessing's about to come back on your life. No more grieving the Holy Spirit in your house. Only honoring God. Their house is a place of great rejoicing and peace. Come on, let's take the cup. The Bible says after dinner, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the new covenant. The new covenant in the blood of Jesus means that everything is washed clean. Every argument against your life is canceled. Every word that you spoke that was wrong is canceled. Every charge against you was nailed to the cross because of the blood of Jesus. It wasn't something you could earn. He just gave it as a gift. That's why it's called a grace. It's a gift. You don't have to earn being forgiven. You just receive it. It's not a symbol. This is the blood of Jesus. It's his life and his nature coming into you and into your home and changing the way that you live and that you operate and that you think and the way you feel. While you have this, let me pray a blessing over it. Donovan, I want you to come play. Pray. I'm going to get Donovan, my son-in-law, my son, to come and pray. You got one. And just come and pray. 
let's before we take it, just say a blessing over the, the, the blood of Jesus, and then we're going to receive it. Oh, you need a microphone. <laughs> Lord, I just uh, thank you today, Lord, for that blood that was shed, God. And um, Lord, I just apply it over uh, every heart in here, God, that um, uh, speaking in faith, Lord, that uh, these hearts right now are being restored, Lord, that when we take this blood, Lord, that your nature becomes our nature, God, and that there's restoration in families so that we can receive, Lord, um, honor in our household, Lord, that we can receive, Lord, that give those who deserve that respect, God, those hearts that were um, given uh, the authority over that household, Lord, that we look to them, Lord, with respect and honor, God, that um, as each um, child receives this blood, Lord, that they look to their parents with the same respect that they look at you, Lord. And um, I just thank you for each parent, Lord, that when they take this blood, Lord, in faith that they will become like you, Lord, and um, bring that restoration in that household, God. And I just thank you and we honor you in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take it. Come on, just lift your hands before we go. Say it with me. Let's just quote the scripture. Say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And even though we're not perfect, we're in order because of humility and repentance and the blood of Jesus. We live in the blessing. We declare the blessing of the Lord is on our home, on our generation, and on a thousand generations. We declare the blessing of the Lord is on our finances, on our physical bodies, on our health. We declare the blood of Jesus keeps us strong and healthy and happy and creative and free. We declare promotion, blessing, increase comes upon our generations in Jesus' name. And we declare that because of the blood of Jesus, our family to a thousand generations are going to serve God. We declare missionaries and pastors and leaders and principals and teachers and governors and presidents are coming out of our family. We declare the blessing of the godly on all of our children. And even if some of them are off the path, we declare that every single one of them is hearing the call of God and they will all serve the Lord the rest of their life. We declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. We honor the Lord and the Lord is honoring us in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.